Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Vikings, come out and play. Now listen to the Believe in Vikings podcast with B-Mac and Baker. This is the Believe in Vikings podcast, episode number 14 for Vikings and Bears Week. I am your host, Dustin Baker, and I'm here with Super Bowl champ, Bryant McKinney. What up, Bryant? How you doing, Dustin? Are you in a good mood because of that Lions victory? Yeah, always in a good mood when we have a win. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, on th- this show is going to feel a little bit different for all of you listening. Um, it's Bryant and I, per usual, and then we have two Bears personalities. First, we have uh, Julian from Indiana. He's going to be our fan and analyst tonight. And then we have uh, Pro Bowler, uh, three-technique defensive tackle, former Chicago Bears uh, player, uh, Tommy Harris. What up, Tommy? What's up, fella? <laughs> How you doing? I'm good, man. Right on. I'm good. And Julian, you actually live in Chicago now. How you doing, man? I'm doing really good, man. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to meet you both. Oh, yeah, likewise. All right, first we're going to talk about uh, Bet Online. Uh, the NFL season is in full swing. You may not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. Um, I believe the Vikings are three or three and a half point favorites this week, which is a little weird. Uh, so if you believe in the Vikings chances of winning or the Bears chances of winning, uh, slide on over to bet online and place your bets from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the casino that is open as well. It never closes. So head over to betonline.ag today and take full advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. The Minnesota Vikings took care of business against the Lions, as Bryant and I predicted. We finally got one of our predictions right. Uh, The Vikings have a little bit of momentum now. They've won two games, one against the Packers a couple weeks ago that we did not see coming, but it did happen. The Bears, on the other hand, started the season 5-1 and and are now 5-4. and Um, so we're a little perplexed by that. So that's why we had these two astute gentlemen on the phone tonight. So we're going to kind of go through some strengths and weaknesses of both teams, talk about uh, Nick Foles, Mr. Trubisky, Kirk Cousins, the whole bit. Uh, the first thing I want to ask you, Tommy, just for some context, how closely do you follow the Bears these days? A little bit, you know, enough to keep conversation going. Okay, fair enough. And then, Julian, are you like me and a little bit obsessed very obsessed. Um, <laughs> heart rate goes up each each week, up and down. Stressful <laughs> games. Well, I'm right. I'm right along with there. Just uh, with you there. Just uh, different teams. <laughs> All right. So we have the three and five Vikings um, against the five and four Bears. Uh, the Bears, like I said, the Bears have lost three straight. And the first thing I want to talk about is some of the strengths and weaknesses of both teams. 
I can tell you from a Vikings perspective that um, the strength right now is the offense and Dalvin Cook. That's pretty self-explanatory if you follow the NFL. And the uh, rookie wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, is uh, pretty hot right now. The defense is maturing on the fly. Still isn't all that great, but it's making some strides. Um, the weaknesses <laughs> probably in that same veil are the defense. Normally a Mike Zimmer defense is pretty uh, staunch, but they have not been this year. So that, as I said, is a work in progress. Um, Bryant, am I, am I missing anything on strengths and weaknesses overall for the Vikings? Mm, pretty much got everything. I didn't. Okay. Uh, what I have identified statistically from the bears and I want you two gentlemen to speak on it is the offense, um, is the problem. They are 29th in points scored and the defense is seventh in points allowed. Um, and it seems like the bears have a problem establishing the run and therefore have to pass. So uh, let's start with strengths. Uh, Julian, what are the Bears' strong points in your opinion? So I think the Bears' biggest strong points is definitely the front seven. Uh, D-line is very solid. Khalil Mack, um, Akeem Hicks. You know, linebackers are really good. And Danny Trevatman and Roquan Smith. So the front seven is one of the top front sevens in the league. Um, defense, DBs are pretty good. Eddie Jackson is, you know, was a pro bowler, still is at their pro bowl level. Um, our rookie, Jalen Johnson, is actually playing really, really good. Um, we drafted him, I think, in the third or second round, but he's actually proven to be a pretty good player in this league. Yeah, he sure is. Um, I follow the draft enough to be dangerous, and that's usually during draft season. I don't watch a whole lot of college football. But I kid you not, Jalen Johnson was one of the corners that I had the Vikings that I predicted would select because he was kind of a, a Zimmer type of dude. Ultimately, they went Jeff Gladney, who has been working out. Um, but I wanted to mention that because he is a stud and I uh, would have liked to have him on the Vikings. Uh, Tommy, what about strengths from your perspective? Is there anything in addition to the front seven? No, Julian just said it. Those guys are working their butt off and they should be paid overtime. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> they've been doing a lot, but that's what Bears football is about. You know, it's the defense. Um, it's a, it would be a dream come true if we ever could establish one quarterback. I just think if 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 I had uh, Mahomes as a quarterback, I think I'll still be playing right now. Or so you just him. look at how important it is to have an established quarterback. So uh, I think those guys, uh, that's definitely that strength, but that's what Chicago's used to. And now it's just establishing uh, getting a quarterback that won't lose the game. When you know you have a great defense like that, you got to play to your strength. The Ravens taught us how to do it. Uh, I think Ray Lewis' first Super Bowl, you know, that defense practically won the game, just made sure the quarterback didn't turn the ball over, managed the game. And I think that's what Chicago needs to do in order to get that going. Yeah, that's certainly what they did in that season with Trent Dilfer at the helm. And then um, about 12, 11, 12 years later, they won another one with my man Bryant on the team when they actually did play some offense. Uh, it wasn't all defense. It was more of a balance. Um, the San Francisco where they turned the lights up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turn the up. What was going through your head, Bryant, when the lights and all that, sh that stuff went down? Um, Beyonce <laughs> show at halftime with all that she had going on. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Well, yeah, I guess uh, that makes sense. Uh, well, honestly, I thought I was like, are we gonna be able to finish this game? Like, <laughs> I didn't know what was gonna happen because you heard you heard something like blow, and then you started seeing the lights go off in sections. So then I was like, dang, like we had all this momentum. Like, are we gonna be able to finish this? And then it took them ten minutes to let us know that they had a generator that lights to come back on too. So you were kind of sitting there for ten minutes, like unsure. 
<laughs> Mac, that's crazy. I forgot you was even with them when y'all. I forgot you got you one, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, that's big, bro. Yeah, that yeah. was in uh, that was in 2012. Yep, and uh, there yeah, was actually Ray Ray played the whole game with a broken shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah there was actually a. Uh, another Vikings player on that line, Matt Burke, and uh-huh. I've told the, I've told the story on here a couple times that Adrian won Adrian Peterson won the MVP that war uh, that year, and then uh, we're sitting here in Minneapolis, we were cheering for the Ravens because they had McKinney and Burke, so it was a little it was bittersweet for us all around. All right. Yeah, Burke Burke's the real smart guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Burke went to Brown or something like an Ivan Harvard. Yeah, I mean he did something. Yeah. Uh, on weaknesses. So I identified the Vikings defense, which is really weird for me to say out loud because it's never the weakness. And Tommy just uh, touched on the fact that the quarterback position, um, at least over a span of several years, um, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's a problem, but it's never very consistent. Uh, Julian, right. What, right about now, uh, what are the weaknesses of the bears? Well, definitely running the ball. I believe we're at the bottom of the league and running, running yards per game. So definitely running the ball is like a big weakness. Um, honestly, I think the lack of creativity too. I think our offense is very vanilla, is very predictable. And when me as a fan, if I could predict what's going to happen by watching the game, I can't even imagine how NFL coaches are able to <laughs> decipher and know what's going to happen. Is it just – is it just, uh, you know, run the ball up the middle or is it sh- like dink and dunk passes or what's every, predictable about it? Every time I see Cordell Patterson in the backfield, I know that the play is designed for him in some way or fashion. <laughs> Either he's running up the middle, he's doing a swing pass, or like the play is going to him. And yeah. the offense basically has no flavor. Like and Nagy's supposed to be this great offensive guru, but our offense is bland. It's really weird. Man, it. it it's pretty much that offense, man. Chicago never depended on on the quarterback position when I, you know, when I was there. So I always put it all on the defense. So I, I basically say, if you can't run the ball, you can't throw the ball. When we play in the league, and I know it's a difference. It basically looked like seven on seven now, but that running the ball is so important to open up your seven on seven. If you can't do that, just like just like Julian said, you pretty much know where everything is predictable. It's a predictable offense. Because yeah. when you guys winning your Super Bowl run, you guys had uh, Thomas Jones. That was a running back, right? Yeah, but you nobody knew that Thomas Jones made up his own running plays. <laughs> if you if you watch that whole season, Thomas Jones cuts back on everything. Really. Everything that the offensive coordinator called. Watch that film. Go back to this season and watch Thomas Jones cut back, bounce everything back the way the play that was called to go left, Thomas going to take it right. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas did it. I did not know that. Uh, Julian, <laughs> on your point, yeah, um, on vanilla offenses, the Vikings have had, not, not, not recently, but I can uh, sympathize with you on how frustrating that can be. Vikings actually do a lot of that now on second and long after a holding penalty, holding penalty, they'll just run the ball. And then it, you know, all of a sudden it's third and 16. Uh, so, you know, that'll frustrate, frustrate. Yeah. Us. But you have Dalvin Cook too. I mean, <laughs> easier. Hey, yeah. Dalvin Cook, unbelievable, man. Yeah. Very good. He is. What's up? What is the feeling uh, about David Montgomery? Do you, you guys still have hope he can blossom or is it maybe you're satisfied? I don't know. 
So when I saw David Montgomery out of Iowa State, I did like his athleticism. I thought, okay, with Nagy's offense, he'll be a pass catcher. He can, you know, make people miss a little bit. But the one thing I didn't like about him was that he just, like, seemed slow. Like, I watched NFL Combine. I watch it all. He ran, like, a 4-6-3-40 at the Combine. So I'm like, okay, this dude's never going to really, like, break away from NFL. Yeah, but he, but he has football speed, though. Uh, he has game speed. See, I don't even see the game speed now. I'd be looking at like he just like Soldier Field is like playing on beach sand though. Hello. <laughs> Tell him. Field before Tell him. That field trash, trash. Yeah, Justin. Yep. Didn't I tell you about that field? Yeah, let me let me back it up or unpack it for the folks that haven't listened before. <clears throat> when we were going through our season preview show talking about this game, <clears throat> I said that that game was always sloppy and it's all like the play first of all is sloppy and it's usually decided by some weird turnovers and Bryant you chipped in and said there's just something about the field it's it's you can't get your footing I believe you said yeah it's the field is like I don't know it's, it's I know Bryant you know you tore my hamstring on that field, oh right? god I knew you were gonna bring that up you remember that I don't got a yellow jacket because of you you know what I'm saying like Three minutes and 33 seconds left in the third quarter. You run in the zone to the right. You step on my right leg. The soldier field grass is played by public people. So it's just mowed over. So all week people playing soccer game, concerts, all that. So when it's Sunday, they fill in and steamroll potholes and spray painted green. So yeah. Brian stepped on my right foot. The left grass ripped out of the ground, and my hamstring popped. Thanks, Soldier Field. Thanks, Brian McKinney. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> I think that's the whole reason he's on he's the show. Me for that. He, he came on the show. To the <laughs> he came. To Brian say, "Come on the show." I said, "Oh yeah, that's why I ain't got my jacket." Cause Brian. <laughs> yeah. Tommy Harris came on the show to settle a score. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, well, he is uh, source material for uh, Soldier Field, so we cannot disagree with what he's saying, especially, Bryant, since you are confirming it, uh, that it's – and you only went there once a year, Bryant, so if, right. he's, if he's saying that it was like that all the damn time, uh, he knows what he's talking about. No, it, was, it wasn't. It was really more like that during – that's crazy is when you get past uh, Halloween, that field is shot. Oh. Yeah. This whole – right now i feel sorry for all the guys that got it and huntsville too message to all the clubs to fix they feel what's because soldier feels a grass field right i think they're like one of the few grass fields yes. in the NFL. yeah yeah we're sand beach sand underneath it i did not know the beach sand part so i, I learned something new tommy thank you for that all right. Uh, I want to go over some uh, position by position, Julian. Uh, I think you can help me with that. Um, in your eyes, w- what are the positions on the field in which the Bears are superior to the Vikings as these rosters are right now? Uh, I wouldn't say anybody on offense, so we could scratch that. <laughs> um, well, you know what? I shouldn't say that because we do have pretty decent receivers. Um, I like Allen Robinson. I think he's a very underrated receiver. Um, very, very good, talented, can catch everything. Mooney, that guy is unreal. Moon, Mooney's a dog. Like, I'm really a big fan of his. Um, and that's one thing I like about Ryan Pace is that Ryan Pace is not a good person to draft around the one through two, but around three through seven, he hits. Yeah. I don't know what it is. He could find talent late in the draft, but in the beginning of the draft, it's boomer bust, really. Um, so yeah, receivers, I think we have pretty solid receivers. Defensive line is definitely, I think, 
better than the Vikings. We have Khalil Mack. We have uh, Hakeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, <coughs> Quinn. Uh, linebackers are good, but you guys have pretty good linebackers too. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have real good linebackers. Yeah, they do have really good linebackers. Uh, safeties kind of match up well. We have Eddie Jackson, but then you guys have um, – his name escapes me. Um, Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith, yep. He's yeah, that's safety. my boy. Yeah, hard hitter. He's a good safety ball hawk. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of our strengths compared to you guys, I think it's really honestly the front seven overall is just better, but that's what about uh, – I know you're you're down on the running game. What about the Bears' offensive line? Is that the problem, or is it is it twofold with uh, Montgomery? I think it's twofold. So, for one, the O-line has had a lot of injuries this year. I think the Bears actually just signed Eric Cush, who was a Bears in previous years, but we re-signed him again. Um, O-line's been hurt. Uh, players have been moving around in different positions on the line, and – you know, it's hard to run the ball when the line is pushed in the backfield constantly. So, and at the same time, though, I don't think Montgomery's that great of a back where he can make plays happen in the backfield like that. So, and having three Cohen injured for the whole year hurts too. I mean, he definitely could have been. It hurts a lot. Yeah, it hurts a lot. Three Cohen definitely yeah. hurts a lot. Missing him. On, uh, on the Vikings, um, I guess advantages, I guess we can debate to the quarterback here in a little bit. Um, Running back, that's no doubt. Um, wide receivers as a whole, just because Justin Jefferson has progressed so quickly, uh, I think they are a bit better than the Bears. Their offensive line, uh, this version of the Vikings offensive line, looks to be getting better, but I can tell you if we had done this show together a month ago, <laughs> we definitely wouldn't have been superior to anybody. Um, and then I'm in an odd place because normally if I'm asked to do this against other teams, it's the Vikings defense personnel-wise that is superior, but I wholeheartedly agree that uh, without Daniil Hunter and Anthony Barr, that the Bears' defense is emphatically superior at this point, and it's flushed out in the numbers. As I said, the Bears are seven. Bears' best. defense tired. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they are uh, carrying them. So I want to transition yeah. into some quarterback talk because uh, the Bears and the Vikings um, are peas in a pod when it comes to the quarterback position, at least from, oh, God, last 10, 15, 20 years. Tommy said this at the beginning of the show uh, that he wishes the Bears could nail down that position once and for all. He even mentions Mahomes' name. Um, I am a Kirk Cousins fan. I don't know if you guys will uh, talk about him at all, but the Vikings have struggled to have a consistent quarterback or at least a guy that even lasts longer than three years forever. Uh, We got really close with Dante Culpepper, but then his career was uh, basically ended unceremoniously in 2005. Bryant was there. Um, and since then, it's been a new guy every two or three years, whether it's a free agent or Christian Ponder, Teddy Bridgewater, drafting a guy. And we finally have one in Cousins who's pretty good. Um, he's inconsistent at times, and there's a lot of noise around him about whether he's any good. So before we get into Foles, I want to ask all of you, um, what is your take on Kirk Cousins as a quarterback? Yeah, um, I think Kirk Cousins is a solid choice. I think he's more of a game manager. Um, I don't think he's going to ever, like, be the deciding factor to win. Even though last year when you guys beat the Saints in the playoffs, he had a great game. That was a very great game by him. But I don't think Kirk is going to do anything special where the team and lead both places. So I think he's a safe choice, I guess, is a better way of putting it. But, you know, overall, I think that, he won't get you to where you want to be. Okay. Uh, Tommy, what about you? 
I think Kirk Cousins is. A, I think he's very safe, uh, mature quarterback. Uh, I put my ball club in his hands, and I think he's one of those guys that echo the sentiment of being able to lead a great defense and just control the game. That's a great example of a person that I believe that can do that and can make big plays every now and then, but he can control the game. I don't know who's talking to these quarterbacks, so I think everybody's telling them once they saw that uh, – Mahomes get that 500. Everybody just wants to take their shot. So I'm watching everybody play this year out of – they're out of character to me. I don't know what's going on in Philly. Vikings, the Trubisky with the – I don't know what these – these. they're all playing different than I've ever seen before. So I just right. think her Cousins is one of those guys that can lead a ball club, can control that great defense. Yeah, I think he has a big enough arm and he's smart enough. Um, the only knock on him, and you know, I'm a fan of his, is that it's, it feels like when he has bad games, it's just over with. Like, I mean, he drags like the, the feeling of the team down. Uh, Bryant, I know we've talked about Cousins uh, mostly mm. in the early part of the season. Mid-season, what are your feelings on Kirk? I feel like he's coming around. Him and the offense coming around and off of the line. Yeah. Um, so he's uh, slowly been getting better this season. And uh, Dalvin helps. <laughs> pressure off of them but uh far as the Vikings I feel like the offense has been kind of like carrying a lot of the weight yeah and it's starting to come along yeah and it's so weird because usually it's the other way around I kid you not it's usually the defense and all the Vikings all the Vikings offense needs to do is score about about 21 points or so um yeah I kind of put Cousins in that um Carson Palmer um mold where he's not an absolute superstar but I think he's pretty damn good um and I'm kind of, it sounds like I'm kind of, kind of with Tommy there in the sense that, you know, he can, I think he can lead a team with a good defense uh, to where they need to be. Now, let's talk about Foles. Um, and then we can also talk about Trubisky, too. I don't know what, who, what your feelings are, but we'll get to those. Foles seems like probably the best reserve backup quarterback I've ever seen when the expectations are not humongous. He balls out, wins Super Bowls, makes massive comebacks against, I believe, it was the Falcons. And then once he's given the crown, um, it's he goes back into like showing up. <laughs> Nick Foles is He's the greatest up. quarterback when nothing is expected of him. There you he, go. So you guys feel that okay? So what? What? How do you as a player, Tommy? How do you describe? I mean, what the hell? How do you describe that? Chill out. You're doing too much. That's what they say. You're doing too much. <laughs> like, bro, chill. Come down. Let the defense go. You you do the same thing you did in Philly. What you doing? So, yeah. but but you also he his 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 he's in a position. Not he don't want to fail, right? Like he his job in Philly was surprises. You know what I'm saying? Like at this time he's coming out, and I'm watching him do so much stuff out of character. Like he's forcing it. Just let the game, man. You mature. You know what to do. Control the game. You got monsters on defense. Just control the clock, control the game. Let's win by controlling the ball. Julian, um, on Foles, like, do you ever expect there to be a switch that flips and he returns to the playoff Eagles, Super Bowl Eagles guy, or do you think this is what he is? What he is. Like, now that he's given the starting role, I think this is always what he has been. The only time he's ever really been special is when it wasn't expected of him. It was in the playoffs – Everybody had them counted out, and he just played perfectly the whole way. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Also, I think the play calling is somewhat of an issue. Like I had, I thought Mitch was a problem initially, but then when Nick Foles came, I'm like, okay, we have more seasoned veteran. He can make the throws, but our offense is the same, if not worse. So then when you take Nicky out and Nick Foles is doing the same thing or worse, then what's the issue? Like, and it goes back to yeah. not being creative on offense. So yeah. I think Foles is better choice than Trubisky, but I don't think it's like that much of a huge difference. Okay. Yeah, and I think uh, Trubisky, from what I've observed now, what, six games? And I've seen him in more than that than just five games. It seems like he improvises or scampers a little bit better. That's the one thing that bugs me when we play him is that we'll have everybody wrapped up in the secondary and it's like third and seven and then he runs it and it drives me nuts and gets the first down. Uh, Tommy, do you expect the Bears to go back to Trubisky before the end of the season? Uh, not if not if Foles can not if he can show them that he's the guy that they believe that that they brung there to do that job. I, I think Trubisky for me is I think this is it, it's Corona. Everything got an asterisk next to it this year. Like I would leave Foles, let Trubisky just feel this feeling, and then give him next year to get his. They gave him last year, get his mind right. This year, bringing Foles in, but. To really see Foles in front of him, I, I hope it wakens up Trubisky to be a more cons- – the kid can do it. But Chicago's the wrong place to – we're used to have. I went through eight quarterbacks. I, I remember so them all. It, it's kind of hard to please people in Chicago, man. They, they, they want to see a guy do something great. And I think Foles – I would take Foles over doing that than Trubisky had his chance. Uh, Bryant, you've been on uh, ground zero with uh, a quarterback uh, carousel, um, primarily when Tarveris Jackson was in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, What's what's that like? And you were on offense. Uh, Obviously, Tommy was there too, but he played defense. uh, You know, what's it like um, when you're playing hopscotch at quarterback in a given season? Uh, you got to just get used to everybody's uh, – you got to get used to that quarterback's rhythm. Um, So the receivers, the running backs, everybody has to get used to their rhythm, the cadence and everything. So um, that takes timing. That's why quarterbacks, that's why you have the, the mini camps and training camps to get down timing with your running back receivers and everything. And then for us offensive line, they say uh, each quarterback says the cadence is different. So some people you can jump the count a little bit because you know how they say the cadence, so you have to get used to that as well. So it's, everything's about timing. Brian, I want to give you a chance. A little while ago in the show, um, Tommy was talking about a story where you evidently injured him. Um, I want oh, to give, gosh. We got to bring this back up. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to give you a chance to share some stories from Vikings, Bears days. I don't, they don't necessarily have to involve Tommy, uh, but you did play them twice a year, and you were with the Vikings for a very long time. So give me some Bears stories if you have any. I always knew it was a tough game for some of you. It was always a tougher – it was harder for us to win in Chicago. That was one thing. Um, Tommy was there. We were kind of there, like, around the same time. I knew Tommy since he was in college. And he used to come visit the University of Miami. So I already knew Tommy when he got there. Um, what you probably don't know is me, Tommy, AP, because AP was our guest last week. We all went to Africa together. What? We took a trip out there, and um, it was called Pros for Africa. Oh, okay. And Tommy made the trip a great trip for me, because when I first got there, I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I sign up for? But <laughs> <laughs> he entertained us, and he kind of knew everything, what to do, because he had been there before. And, uh, yeah, so we went out there for, I think it was 12 days. We spent nine days in Uganda and then three days in Rwanda. Me, him, AP, and a couple other guys um, back in, like, 2010. So that's probably something you didn't know. No, I didn't know that. What, was you, what are your memories from that, Tommy? 
the guy I remember we went gorilla tracking and, and a gorilla got in Brian's face that was big as Brian's <laughs> name. <laughs> what was his name? Brian his name was like super or Mr. Special. His name was special. The big one that got in your face name was I said, why they call him special? They said, because he has eight wives. <laughs> but that, they say that big that big silverback got in Brian's face and started hitting his chest like that. Adrian said, I almost started crying, man. Did they tell you not that to was run? The, the one lady, she tried to run. Like, yeah. they like, don't run, don't run. So you got to just stand They said, don't look them in the eyes. Yeah, and just stand mm-hmm. there and just don't move. And, like, they're right next to us. We had a great great trip. Yeah, it was a great trip. Oh, okay. We had a great trip. But that was the thing about playing Brian was that me and Brian always knew each other, like, off the field. Okay. So uh, Brian would be talking to me like a homeboy on the field, like, Tommy, don't try that crap over here. Like, (laughs) (laughs) come tell me, hey, chill out. Hey, chill out, man. Don't be over here doing I'll jump the ball. I know the case. Yeah, Tommy's going to jump the snap count. Yeah. yeah, but I only jumped the snap count because your Hutchinson gave away. I watch film. Okay, Hutchinson on one, Hutchinson played stiff. On okay. two, Hutchinson was like this. I'm like, this is good. Like, no, no, opposite, <laughs> vice versa. On one, Hutchinson was ready. On two, okay. Hutchinson played stiff. So I just waited, watched the cadence, heard and said, "Ooh, nanny, huh?" I watched it all day and waited. I knew when Hutchinson was stiff, that mean, hey, man, we on two. When he moving and ready, he going on one. That's why I, was, I averaged one to two against the Vikings. Yeah, Tommy was really good at getting off that snap count. Yeah. Hutchinson. And now we realize what it was. I never knew what it was. I'm like, what is yeah, he doing? Yeah, Hutch, Hutchinson gave him big old white gloves. He all right. Yeah. When... <clears throat> When uh, Bryant told me uh, earlier this week that we could have Tommy on the show, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, because my memories of you are unpleasant, and that's a compliment to you. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, no, I remember thinking, oh, boy. But then I realized, well, you know, this is a, this is a professional show that I have to do here. Uh, but, yeah, you were a menace to the Vikings, so kudos kudos for that. Yeah, yeah man. I appreciate you. Don't hold, don't, don't hold no politics over me. <laughs> my job i'm just doing my job man yeah right hey on that uh nostalgia um what are some who are some of the handful of best players that you played against tommy oh man brian mckinney (laughs) 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 a person welcome you to their church you cannot name the head pastor so brian mckinney uh (laughs) one of them uh you know, Adrian Peterson, by far, you knew that was a – Adrian yeah. Peterson pulled one of my teammates' biceps out of his arm. Really? Ripped it off his arm because he – Dusty DeVorchek, he ripped his bicep because I don't know what Dusty was thinking trying to pull a tractor down one-handed. Like, <laughs> Adrian was a serious dude. If you didn't get Adrian low, you your body was going to hurt from it. That, yeah. was a, that was a real – in his beginning, Adrian was a tough guy to tackle. Adrian, Sean Taylor, God rest his soul, uh, Clinton Portis. Yeah. Uh, mm. I mean, we had a lot. Chester Taylor, even against the Viking, that was a hard guy. That Randy Moss, mm. the, the only guy I ever had to make a noise to tackle, they say, ah, was Cole Pepper. <laughs> Cole Pepper was unfair at his position. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you. 
I hit Cold Pepper one game, Big Mac, at Detroit. I'm all on his legs. I never get him to the ground, and he throw the ball. I wrestle with him for like six seconds. <laughs> I never got him down. I felt so weak in my like. What am I doing? Man? <laughs> but Cold Pepper was about two fifty five in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, so you, you know, I um, Fitzgerald. It's a man. It's unfair across the board. It's it's a lot of guys I play with. That Sean Rogers. I could keep. I could keep – we'll be here all day if I name them. <laughs> you played against Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, right? Yes. Yeah. Two different two different um, players, but neither one are rivals. Yeah. Mm. Yes. All right, let's transition back to present day. Um, as I said that we are um, two peas in a pod with quarterback shuffling every few years – um, I want to ask pretty much everybody. Uh, we'll start with you, Julian. Do you think the Chicago Bears will select a quarterback in the first two or three rounds of the 2021 NFL draft? They need to. Um, I think the problem is that since we started off so good, and it depends on how we finish the season, I don't know if we're going to be in a high enough position to find a good quarterback because Trevor Lawrence is going to go top one. Then Justin <laughs> Fields is right behind him. Um, there's one kid out of BYU I really like that may fall to us. Um, I think his name, I forget his name, but, Zach um, Wilson. yep. He's a very good quarterback, accurate, can make all the throws. Um, but I think it's one of those situations again, where are we going to be able to draft in our spot? So yeah, it just all depends. So we should draft the quarterback, but will we, it depends. Yeah, at least you got some first rounders back now. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tommy, what do you think that the Bears will take a stab at it again in this upcoming draft? I, I don't know, man. I think there's so many quarterbacks riding the bench that the Bears should try that, like that have a great market. Like who? Uh, Cam, I, I think Cam Newton should have came there. Okay. So I, I think that should have been a, 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 a real – that would have been a real good test in in that market. But uh, other than that, I, I, don't, I don't think – like just like Julian said, I don't think we'll be in a position to draft a high enough quarterback. Okay. So, Bryant, on the Vikings side of things, now that it seems like the momentum is swinging in Minnesota's favor after two promising games and Kirk Cousins is playing a lot better than he did uh, that game against the Falcons, do you still believe the Vikings will spend high draft capital on a quarterback? Uh, really just depends on how the season plays out. Okay. But I don't see why they shouldn't yeah. uh, at least get one and groom them for a year or two behind Kirk Cousins while he's there. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I absolutely agree, and here's why. So Cousins' contract, he was extended, uh, goes through 2022, I believe, maybe 2023. Um, but I think it's 2022. Anyhow, if the Vikings drafted a quarterback, maybe not even round one, maybe round two or round three, if they can find a second-round pick after they – traded one away to the uh, Jaguars. You would have some precious time to groom a quarterback. And like you said, Bryant, if the Vikings make the playoffs this year and make a little run, um, so be it. And that means Kirk deserves the job. But after Kirk's contract is up, so two years from now, three years from now, you're going to know by then if he is the guy you want to keep going with. And if he's not, then you'll have this youngster ready to take over, kind of like Aaron Rodgers did in 2008. So I'm of the opinion that both teams, 
the Bears and the Vikings will be quarterback shopping um, in the draft. Um, just hopefully, uh, if they both do it, hopefully they both hit uh, hit some gold on that. And uh, speaking of the draft picks, um, the Khalil Mack trade is now in our rear view. Um, if I diagram this right, it looks like they netted Khalil Mack, uh, the tight end, Cole, is it Komet or is it is yeah, the Yeah, Komet. Komet, okay. And then an offensive lineman that I don't think plays too much. And the Raiders selected Josh Jacobs, Damon Arnett, and Brian Edwards. And that's kind of the split of the trade. So, uh, Julie, I'm going to ask you first, um, now that you've had some sample size of a couple full seasons, was the Khalil Mack trade worth it? I, I still do think so, yes. Khalil Mack is a game changer. Like, he can literally take over a game if he, you know, when he does. Like, he's just a powerful force, unguardable. Um, I honestly think he gets held a lot of times. They don't call it on him. <laughs> but, you know, he's just a dominant beast. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a great trade, and I would do it again. Okay. Tommy, what, what are your thoughts? No question. I think it was a great trade. Um <clears throat> I didn't like how it happened, though. I honestly think Gruden should have kept his dog, but they didn't have enough money to pay $200 million. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm grateful that they messed up on that. Uh, I think Khalil has been every bit and more. He's exceeded expectations on that trade. Um, I, I just wish it, – it's like watching Mahomes. You know, why I'm so jealous of when I, when I see a – a defense that has a great quarterback, man, go kiss that man and tell him thank you for you and your family being able to stay in that city for one more year and extra. It's so important to have a good quarterback, especially when you're playing defense, man. It's so important. That dude decides whether you stay there three to five years or you have a life. It's, it's how good your quarterback is. And I think every great rusher deserves a great quarterback, a good quarterback, a fair one. Because part of the problem is – I think that – I think for the sake of Khalil, if he wants to be one of those guys that play for a long time, I think Chicago needs to do – get that man – take a load off him and get him someone in there reliable. You going to say – jump in there, Julian? I was saying, yeah, part of the problem is that the defense is on the field the whole time. So <laughs> I think that Brian McKinney should come back and play left tackle. <laughs> <laughs> I see you in shape playing tennis. I see you. Yeah, man. Yo, <laughs> but I saw you kick your leg up this high. <laughs> there, but that his leg. He kicked my leg up. He's I'm wearing something. Up. I'm not running to anybody anymore. I got you. <laughs> Hey, Bryant, um, on that uh, topic about consistency at quarterback and Tommy saying to be uh, grateful, the longest tenured quarterback that you really had was Culpepper. And can you um, attest to what Tommy's saying that uh, when you have a guy that's stable like that, I think he was, was your quarterback for four years, does it just feel different than, you know, going between guy to guy? If it does feel different. And two, also, you got to remember when he was there, we were like the number one and two offense. You know what I'm saying? We were the opposite of the Bears. Our defense was always like number 32. Yeah. Our offense was like one and two those years. So for me, it was good to have a quarterback like that. And we were always, in the, you know, high scoring offense. It's just our defense couldn't really stop anybody. So I kind of know what Tommy's saying. Just okay. being on the other side of the ball, though. Okay. 
All right. Well, it takes us to our last segment. We're going to go around the horn here with predictions. I have a feeling we're going to fall on party lines here, uh, but let's see how it shakes out. Uh, Tommy, uh, Vikings, Bears, Monday night football. Um, Who do you got? And give me a score. Uh, I have the Bears. (laughs) 32... 21. 32-21. All right, Julian, prediction, Monday Night Football. All right, my heart is telling me to say the Bears are going to win, um, but I don't even know. The Bears aren't really the best at stopping the run from what I've seen. We're don't matter. Gonna... You got to go for your team, Julian. Go for my team? <laughs> All right. We're going to go Bears 24 to the Vikings 21. Ooh, okay. And does that end on a field goal or what? Uh... I don't think it'll end on a field goal, but we'll get a field goal early in the game. A uh, strange fact that you two probably don't care about, Bryant, you probably will. The last time the uh, Vikings won at Chicago was 2017. It was that game where the halftime score was 3-2, to and Sam Bradford was playing like a little old lady, and he got benched, and Case Keenum brought us back, and then that game was decided on a game-winning field goal by Kai Forbath, I believe. So uh, that's how that one ended. Uh, kind of insignificant to you guys, but for the Vikings fans listening, it is not. Uh, Bryant, you're representing the Vikings. Uh, give me a winner and a score. I'm going to say the score would be the Vikings, uh, 28-21. 28-21. All right, and that brings it to me. I am, as predicted, sticking with party lines, and <clears throat> and I'm not. I swear that I'm not a homer. I just think the Vikings have momentum going right now, and they are due to win at Soldier Field. And to beat the Bears. The Bears have beat him four straight times. Um, when Mike Zimmer was hired in 2014, he played pretty, or his team played pretty darn well against Chicago. And then it's been flipped. Um, they've been on this drought. They can't beat Trubisky, which is strange in itself. Uh, so I am going to go, I'm going to go uh, Vikings 24 17. And that's what we got for predictions. Any parting words from Are they, you? They, they're, in shot, they're, in, uh, they're in Soldier Field? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it seals the deal. It's a night game, too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Kirk Cousins don't play well in the primetime games. Bear down. I know uh, Khalil Mack going to show. He a nighttime. He a nighttime maniac. Primetime, nighttime, Khalil 52 going to be all over. Under the lights. Yeah, and this if if the Vikings win, this would be Kirk Cousins' first Monday night win. That uh, that stat is usually broadcast, and you'll hear all about it during that game. Uh, do he say, do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know you like that. <laughs> all right, Brian, do you have any closing statements? No, thank you very much, Tommy and Julian, for joining us tonight. Yep, I need to echo that. Thank you thank both. Thank you, Matt. Thank you both for joining us. We'll keep you in mind for future Vikings Bears showdowns. Um, But as of now, that's all we got on Believe in Vikings, and we will see you next time. Skull Vikings. Appreciate it. Go bear down. Bear down. Bear down. (laughs) Oh, they got me, Bryant. They got me.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.